and welcome to the No Name MMA Show. Welcome back to the best damn MMA podcast you've never heard of, the No Name MMA Show. Thank you for joining me, Motivated Andy, on this lovely Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. It is Thanksgiving week. Turkey Day is upon us in the States. If you're listening abroad, it's when we decide to say fuck it and eat a bunch of turkey, watch a bunch of football. Yeah, I know it's World Cup season, but it's it's football. The the, the colonizer way. Um yeah, so we want watch a bunch of that kind of football. Uh then we get into violent uh fights on Friday over some specials so that'll be nice especially the year back from covid um it feels like we've been going through covid for like five years now uh so that'll be nice um in terms of what i have going on this weekend so uh you know we had that terrible news just break of jiri prochaska which i'll get into later um but as for me yeah it was just a uh pretty chill weekend just a thankful weekend ate some good pot roast with some family and yeah just chilling um we're gonna be spending time with friends and family and Juan uh coming up this thanksgiving so that'll be nice and yeah just a couple of things that i'm thankful for this year myself um you know another year with nina here and you know we have a bun in the oven now so that's nice and not to mention my fucking cats god these fucking cats are fucking adorable so the baby's half as cute as these cats we're good um but yeah it was also nice seeing all the billionaires lose all this money recently you know uh we had mark zuckerberg elon musk kanye Kyrie. uh followed you know bitcoin and crypto uh you might have heard about ftx losing all their clients money in the most hilarious and stupid way um that's fucking dope um but yeah we'll get into some other things that i'm grateful for as well but before that let's get on to the MMA Minute with the current news in MMA. So first, a judge rules Cain Velasquez can't partake in upcoming Arizona Pro Wrestling event. Uh, he has wrestled for promotion Lucha Libre AAA worldwide before. On Tuesday, a Santa Clara County, uh, California judge ruled that Velasquez is allowed to travel to Tempe, Arizona by plane to partake in an upcoming pro wrestling event. According to the wrestling promotions website, the event takes place in Mullet Arena in Tempe, where Velasquez attended Arizona State University and wrestled for the college. So that should be a nice homecoming. Um, the trial got moved up, so he's able to actually spend um, Thanksgiving with his family. So, you know, it, tragic, everything that happened, but, you know, there's some semblance of normalcy, at least now for Cain Velasquez, so, um, so just yesterday, a uh, previous injury, Brandon Royval announces he's out of UFC Fight Night 216 due to broken wrist, um, Raw Dog is going through it yet again, um, 
he announced that his bout with Amir Albazi uh, was expected to play take place December 17th in the Apex, but it did not happen because of this broken wrist. Um, yeah, he got it while he was training and won't be able to compete. Um, this is the first time he's been withdrawn from about or he had to withdraw from about he said on instagram heartbroken to say that i will not be competing on december 17th um training mma is always intense and i competed many times with injuries actually most of my ufc career last week after practice i was feeling a pain in my wrist every few days of the deformity bruising and pain not going away i went to the doctors where they determined i broke my wrist thankfully i won't need surgery but i will not be recovered in enough time to compete this is the first time despite many injuries i've never had to pull out of an mma fight and couldn't navigate my camp around around it i'm super sad but this won't change that i'll have the belt by the end of 2023 so here is to brandon royball and getting over that injury yeah tough times um paulo costa says that he has not signed about uh, contrary to popular belief, including the UFC's belief that he's going to be fighting Robert Whitaker in UFC 284 in Australia. Uh, he says, speaking to Submission Radio, this is one of my favorite fights that I wanted to make because I appreciate the fighter that Robert is. Uh, he's very good. Since I saw him fight, I thought I want to fight this guy because he's savage. You know, he puts a lot of desire in his fights. So it should be a great fight, and I'd love to make that fight. It's one of my favorite fights to make, of course. But I don't have any deal to do this fight. This is a bad part. I want to do this fight, but I don't have a deal. UFC didn't send me nothing, no contract, no offer yet. It's a weird situation. I don't know what's gonna go, what's going on with the UFC because you guys, the UFC used to publish some fights. When the fight is closed, when the deal is on, but it's not in the case. It's not in this case. They asked me about Robert. I just, if I should fight him, I said yes, of course. It'll be my pleasure to fight him. But if they didn't send any offer to fight him yet, so. No opera has been made. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is Paulo Costa antics. I mean, whenever they announced it, I was just like, wait. I mean, are we going to be doing the same thing with Rockhold? <clears throat> or the fight before that? Or, I mean, any of the pullout. Like, have we forgotten who Paulo Costa is? Y'all motherfuckers just look at this motherfucker's sexy body and just forget about all the bad things he's done to you, huh? You just look at those fucking little chocolate abs and you go, damn. You know what? Paulo's funny. I I don't care that he's pulled out multiple times. I don't care that he said the most stupid shit. I don't care that he's missed weight. I don't care about anything at all about Paulo Costa except that he's good looking and he's funny. And I want him to fight again. Spineless motherfucker. I mean, yeah, I saw this coming. Like I like Paulo too, but he he has not changed my mind about his professionalism whatsoever. So it's just one of those like, hey, at least he turned around and he's not trying to be a bad guy. Because um, it seemed like it was fucking him over more than it was actually helping him. But yeah, I mean, this is more of the same. I'm not surprised. You shouldn't be either. Um, speaking of another Brazilian, Chris Cyborg is set to for a next boxing match. She's facing a former Bellator fighter in Crawford, uh, Abenassian undercard. Uh, her opponent is 0-2 in boxing, and she was also 1-3 in Bellator, so she's a can. But also, you know, uh, Chris Edberg is 1-0 in boxing. So, I mean, yeah, she has four belts somewhere else, but I'm not mad about it. It's boxing. It's different. Um, she is currently still the Bellator featherweight champion. Uh, she hasn't lost 
Uh, they're still currently in uh, contract negotiations, her and Bellator. Uh, Scott Coker has also said that she wa he wants to continue this relationship going, but as of right now, no deal has been made. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Cyborg can do whatever the fuck she wants. And that's why I'm like, I'm not mad about her boxing right now, and I'm not mad about her opponent not being that good, because, again, she is 1-0. Cyborg has earned everything she has gotten, man. And, yeah, Amanda knocked her out once. But you know what? Everybody on any given day can get got. And she got got. I, I still have her over Amanda. Uh, she's just done so fucking much, dude. And, yeah. That's my two cents in that. Um, a couple of fights that got announced. Gilbert Burns. Well, let's talk about the first one. So we have Hudover versus... Bobby Green that's going to be coming up uh, for the last match of the year. I don't know if it's going to be the main event, but I know it's been announced. I think it's going to be December 17th. Um, yeah, and then uh, Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny in the works for UFC 283 in Brazil. Uh, yeah, multiple people with knowledge of the promotion's plans confirmed the fight was planned with MMA fighting. Following an initial report from ESPN.com, UFC 283 is expected to take in I'm sorry, expected to take place in Janus Arena, Rio de Janeiro. Um, but yeah, that'll be fucking dope. Neil Magny is a fucking dog. And as much as we think that Gilbert Burns might run him over, I mean, I don't know. Neil Magny's got that dog on him. I just. No, it's a fight. I'm excited for it. I don't know. Everybody else is dogging on Neil Magny. He's very easy to dog because he, his performances aren't like. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. Pay attention to his fighting. I think a lot of people just don't like fucking MMA. I've 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 come to that realization. Sometimes I like hear journalists talk about like a shitty fight card on the weekend, and they're like, "Oh, there's nothing to talk about." And I was just like, "No, there's mad shit to talk about." Like. Last week's card, everybody was talking about, like, oh, it's such a dead card, and, man, UFC needs to do a lot better, and this was after some complaints, and then also Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak gets called out, or called off, I mean, there's, like, plenty of narratives that were going in through that fight card, plenty, maybe you just don't care enough, or you don't think there is enough, but there's plenty of them out there. Yeah. Watch a Neil Magny fight. Do yourself that favor. He's fucking dope. Um, Scott Coker. Uh, talking about Dylan Dennis versus KSI announcement. Uh, he says we wanted to develop him. Uh, him saying... The thing is that it's a little frustrating when you think about Dylan Dennis. The guy has a great ground game. He's one of the best jiu-jitsu guys on the planet. He says, uh, speaking in post-Bellator 288 press conference, so we signed him. We wanted to develop him. We wanted him to get come into our system and start fighting t tougher guys. But I think he got sidetracked a little bit and other things got in the way. To me, he had a lot of potential. We can't make him do it. He's got to want to do it. Right now, he's doing something else. Uh, you know what? 
maybe he goes out there and he does something against KSI, but if KSI has been putting any kind of fraction of what Jake Paul's been doing, which I'm sure he has, I don't know, man. The drive to not be made a fool, especially if you're, I guess, a YouTuber, I think that's what does better than maybe a fighter who's like, you know what, I'm I'm ready to die today or whatever. YouTubers are like, nah, I gotta face the trolls tomorrow. Like, I got a million of them. I will not lose. I cannot lose. Especially to Dildo Danis, man. You lose to fucking Dildo Danis, a guy who got fucking a jujitsu ace, right? But he's getting choked out by the fucking security at a Chili's or whatever the fuck. I'm sorry. No, not allowed. Um, won championships. Chachri Sidyatong. I don't know how to say his last name. Chachri. Chachi. How about that? Won championships. Chachi, the CEO, CFO, whatever the fuck. Uh, hits out of Bellator saying, our champions would steamroll Bellator, guys. Um, his quotes, I mean, look at the viewership numbers, look at the social media metrics, look at their organic video views, anything. Bellator is like 5% of that of one, okay? Even competition-wise, your champions would steamroll Bellator, guys. The only co-promotion I'm interested in is UFC, champion versus champion. That'll never happen. It... I would be making moves to try to fucking do something with Bellator, do something with Eagle FC. Bellator, as much as I like talking shit about the promotion and then and them not promoting themselves enough or not doing the right doing it in the right way, they do right by a lot of fighters. I mean, the deal that Chris Cyborg had being able to do Bellator and also box at the same time is only beneficial to her. Um them picking up, you know, Gegard Musasi, Ryan Bader, Yoel Romero, and a lot of very good fighters that maybe weren't the most fan-friendly or maybe they cost the promotion too much, but Yoel Romero was an excellent pickup in my opinion. He had that one mid-ass fight with Phil Davis, but ever since then, just nothing but peaches and cream. And now he's going to be fighting against Vadim Nemkov. I mean, what more could you want? And if he wins that, he's going to be going for double status with a fight with Johnny Eblen at 185. I mean, it's more like that's the next step. He's going to be doing this at, what, age 45 or something? Not to mention what they're doing with the Bantamweight Grand Prix with Rafian Stotts and Danny Sabatello. They're moving in the right direction. There's still a ways to go. But, yeah, no, I'm proud of what they've done. For number two that's always been shit on, look at what they're putting down. Sean O'Malley reveals that he has been promised a title shot next. He says, I'm the biggest fight, obviously. Um, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that Anybody I fight is going to be the biggest fight in the division. I don't know what to tell him. Speaking of Aljamain Sterling, however, uh, Sean O'Malley says that his next fight will be for the belt. It doesn't mean that he's going to be um, against Aljamain Sterling. He says that 
he would be more interested in him versus Henry Cejudo. Um, he says it's better a win beating a two-time world champion, two weight classes, Olympic gold medalist. And we're just going off of that. What win looks better, a win over Aljo or a win over Henry? For me, a win over Henry looks better. And man, I mean, if 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 I'm picking a winnable fight, if I'm Sean O'Malley. I'm picking Henry coming off a two-year layoff. Because at the end of the day, yes, Henry is, Henry has a bigger name than Aljo. And Henry, in, in the current metrics of him being off for a couple of years, despite his double champ status, I think is an easier fight for Sean O'Malley. With the speed... With the reach, obviously the grappling is all the way Henry Cejudo. And obviously I think that it'll be a way, way, way tougher fight than Piotr Jan. Do I think he wins that one? I'm sorry, no. Do I think he wins against Aljo? I'm sorry, no. These are very grappling-heavy guys. These are guys that are going to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and grind and grind and come at you. Day in, day out, and where Piotr Jan was getting tired, they these guys are not. They're going to be backpacking you on top of you, hitting you, moving you, just all over your shit, and I don't care how tall you are. They're just going to pick you up and put you down. Henry, as small as he is, does not give a fuck, bro. You remember against Marlon Marias when he got his perennial nerve hit and his shit was out of whack and he had a stomp on his leg? That also happened against Demetrius Johnson. Like. So yeah. But for sure what he is right about is that he is the biggest name in the division. And yeah. He's the fight. The fight. He's the dude. Uh, Darren Till reveals the request he made to UFC uh, ahead of his UFC 282 fight against Driscus Duplessis. Uh, he says, if you don't cut corners and you give it 110% and you're true to yourself, there's nothing more you can do, mate. So that's it. I said to the UFC, I don't want another main event. I said, I'm sick of doing five rounds. I just want to get back on my feet. And that's what came. So, you know, it is what it is, mate. Till said to Michael Bisping on his Believe You Me podcast. Um, man, it's a tough fucking fight against Driscus Duplessis, man. Fuck. And... For me, I think that five-round fights uh, benefit more veteran fighters because at that point, you've earned the pedigree and you've been able to train for it. I understand not wanting to do it, but especially with a guy that doesn't ever done it, you're going to be more trained up. But taking a a three-round fight against a fucking gnarly dude, it's going to be a sprint. It's not going to be the same tempo. Yeah, it's different training. Yeah, it's less intensive. I just think that you should always be training for five rounds. Like, if you're going to do it, do it all the fucking way. You want to be a champ, right? You want to be able to do it. Like, you're going to have to do it at some point. I don't know. But hoping nothing but the best. I hope he doesn't pull out. I hope he doesn't get injured. Um, Yeah. I don't know. 
Darren Till is, I, I like Darren Till a lot. I just he seems like his head's in the right place, but he I don't know. But yeah. Uh, moving on, we're going to go to the tale of the tape where I take a deep dive into three main subjects of MMA. So first, I was going to talk about the PFL that was going to go on this Friday, but ain't nobody watching that. What I will talk about is that the last minute announcement uh, just a couple of hours ago by Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports. Jiri Prochaska is out of UFC 282 this December 10th against Glover Teixeira. Uh, for the belt, he had apparently, per Dana White, the gnarliest, most fucked up injury to his shoulder that he has ever seen. Um, he is going to be needing to get surgery immediately. It's going to be emergency surgery. And by Jerry Prochaska himself, in a statement to Instagram, he says that he's going to be out at least six months. Um, and those are very, very, very um, bright outlooks. Um, Dana White says that he's going to be out for at least a year. Uh, that's where they came to the conclusion that he's going to be vacating the belt. Um, the first plan was Glover Teixeira against somebody for the belt, but Glover Teixeira said that he is not willing to, that he would be willing to fight somebody on the pay-per-view card in Brazil for the belt. But alas, that is not happening. Um, what is going to happen is that it's going to be Jan Blahovich against Magomed Ankalaev for the light heavyweight belt. That's right. So no Jerry, no Jan. Or I'm sorry. No Jerry, no Glover, Jan, and Magomed Ankalaev. Um, yeah. Uh, fucking crazy. I Whenever the belt was vacated, I assumed it was by Jerry's own doing because typically they want to give champs at least a year. And even though it's coming up on a little bit it's it's what been i want to say like four months three months since their last fucking battle what was that may i want to say may maybe march i don't know but it's been a minute and so he was just like yeah i'm not gonna be holding up the division we can move on i'll get better and you know per his statement he said that i'm gonna be going back coming back whenever i come back and getting the belt whenever i get it back uh man in a sport in mma where any kind of injury like this you might not come back from i'm super super hopeful that he has a good return back from injury he does everything right but seeing one thing go like that like it's weird because like in an injury in the nba or the nfl or major major organization you get time off and you can rest that one thing and you can work other stuff out in an mma bout though you're using everything you don't have like off so if it goes out you're more likely to for it to go like do you know how many careers that we've seen because somebody had a knee injury once and the knee never just came back Like the it was there was a guy during um, Tony's season of tough where he fought twice in one season. He fought against the same guy one time. He trounced him. The second time, the other guy came back and hit him so hard in both eyes that he tore both retinas, 
making him unable to fight anymore, or else he would go blind. That was in the season of tough. Boom. You don't play fighting, and the injuries at this level of competition, it's fucking, it's it's such a bummer, and especially knowing that it was so fucked. I mean, some of the doctors were saying, like, you know, like, you see a shoulder pop out of place, you know where it's got to pop back into, right? This is like trying to find the shoulder. It's so fucked, man. This this guy was young. I think he was about the age of my brother, like 28 or something. Champion of the world, like, took the long way to get to the UFC belt, and then this happens? <sighs> Fuck, man. So, yeah, that's what's going on with the belt. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm assuming that whoever wins this... Um, maybe they make a a title contention belt for Wilbur Teixeira in Brazil. Um, damn, fuck, I don't know. But yeah, um, hopefully his injury gets better. Damn, that's fucking so fucked. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, we had a very entertaining card last week. Um, lots of little cool things. Um, there was a thing that I went over on YouTube where one of the bigger news things that came out was that James Krause was pulled from his fight uh, with his fighter um, because of the Derek Minor fight incident a couple of weeks ago where him... He was fighting, um, I forgot his first name, Nurdenbeke, and Nurdenbeke kicked his leg. In the middle of that round, uh, the betting, uh, whatever, it, it was one way, and then it changed drastically after a kick, and then the fight uh, ended. Um, a lot of sports books said. I think it was the New Jersey sports book said that don't take any fights, don't let any fights by James Krause as a head coach get bet on. Uh, they're not legit. He's currently being investigated to see how involved he was in this. Um, but I mean, this guy is a head coach for Brandon Moreno, uh, interim champion for the UFC. So <sighs> fucking tough, tough pickle, man. How do you come? How do you? You're that. A couple of years ago, nobody would have told you who the fuck James Krause is. But then he had this resurgence, and then his coaching became more prominent on the UFC roster because of the Apex Center. And then he had that little show on UFC Fight Pass. And I don't know. And then just a lot of shit came out. Uh, Megan Anderson was talking shit on Twitter. And now this. And now he's banned. Until the investigation is completed. So we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, worst case scenario, he this motherfucker might not be around anymore. He might be banned for life. That's crazy. That was like right after the UFC said some shit about don't bet on fights. Fucking insane. 
But yeah, besides that little blip uh, in the prelims, uh, there was a ton of finishes. Also, I was fucking right about Natalia Silva this past weekend in her match against, uh, I forgot her name, but it was Blade of something. And she lands the fifth spinning back kick finish in brutal fashion. Uh, she lands it right to her fucking throat and finishes her off hitting her mouthpiece out. Um, but yeah, uh, fuck, man. Flyweight has gotten so exciting. You have Natalia Silva coming out of nowhere. She's, I think, 14-5 now. Then Aaron Blanchfield after what she did to Molly McCann. Um, we have Manon Fior, just beat Caitlin Chukagian. So yeah, Flyweight's finally shaking it up, catching up to Strawweight. I cannot wait to see where it goes from here. Um, but yeah. Um, but last but not least... I just wanted to say with the holidays approaching and the recent passings of people in the MMA community, um, I just wanted to reiterate uh, investing in your mental health. Uh, by that, what I mean is know and try to understand how you're feeling. If you need help, please reach out to a loved one who don't have a close friend, a relative, a stranger, anybody, if you're having suicidal thoughts this holiday season, please consider calling the suicide hotline at 988 for calling or chatting if you're in the U.S. Um, off that note, uh, this past Tuesday, um, bear with me. But yeah, this past Tuesday, uh, Jason David Frank, uh, Tommy from the Power Rangers, uh, was found dead at 49. Uh, he was an actor best known for his role in Power Rangers. Uh, he did all kinds of martial arts as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's sad. This guy was a father. Uh, he just got a, filed for divorce for a second time. Could be anybody in anybody's situation. And, uh, yeah, he had ventured into MMA uh, around 2010. He fought five times, got five finishes, I think, which is fucking insane. Four of those were uh, amateur bouts, and one was professional. Um, and he ended that in 46 seconds. So... Then the recent news of Anthony Johnson, and then, I don't know, just, just, you know, life's short, and be thankful for what you have, because whatever you have, there's definitely somebody out there who doesn't have shit, so, you know, just practice being thankful a little bit. For me, I am thankful for all of you guys. Um, it's been a pleasure doing this podcast being able to talk to people from all over the world uh about our mutual love for mma um you know people from australia people from england people from across the states uh people from south africa people from india people from pakistan people from uh thailand i believe um yeah and to all the listeners out there um, between Argentina, Puerto Rico, Germany, 
uh, France, Portugal, Spain. Uh, thank you. And yeah, love talking to you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I'll be here next week. I hope you have a happy holiday if you're in the States. And if not, sucks to be you because you're not in the good old US of A. Uh, if I can say so, I do think that is my best episode yet. But yeah, I want to be here without you. But love to talk shit with you, hear your thoughts. Are my takes good? Are they bad? What the fuck is going on with Jiri, Glover, John, fucking Magomed, John Jones curse? I'm not going to talk about his fucking fighting march against Francis Ngannou or Curtis Blades. I mean, that's fucking hilarious. But yeah, uh, if you have any thoughts, hit me up. Snail mail, no name MMA show at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram at no.name.mma.show or hit me up at Twitter at no name MMA one or motivated underscore Andy. Have a great wet rest of your week from me. Talk at you guys next week. Invest in your mental health as always. And fuck you, John Jones. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. <laughs>